The less your business spends, the more margin you keep. But today, everything costs more. So smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one proven platform, helping you reduce IT costs, maintenance costs, and manual errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to netsuite.com slash earnings right now. netsuite.com slash earnings. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. To address our new climate reality, the world needs radical solutions. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment, hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Worker Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Monday, August 29th, 2022. Coming up this hour. A hawkish Federal Reserve continues to weigh on markets. Global stocks start the week at a one-month low. The yield on two-year treasuries hit a 15-year high. Congress weighs in with Elizabeth Warren saying the Fed will tip the economy into recession. And jobs are in focus as Wall Street braces for Friday's payrolls report. NASA's unmanned Artemis 1 space capsule is expected to blast off to the moon, plus you and nuclear watchdog monitors are on their way to Ukraine's power plant. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stashauer in sports. The Mets and Yankees lost. The Jets beat the Giants. Rory McIlroy won the golf. And the U.S. Open begins today. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. On Bloomberg 1130 New York. Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 1061 Boston, Bloomberg 960 San Francisco, Sirius XM 119, and around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business App. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. U.S. futures lower this morning, led by technology. We're coming up to 501 on Wall Street, and we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. Right now, S&P futures are down 41 points. Dow futures down 274, and NASDAQ futures down 163. That's down 1.3%. The DAX in Germany is down 1.5%. Ten-year Treasury down 1932 seconds, yield 3.11%. Nathan. Karen, we are still feeling the effects of a hawkish J. Powell this morning. Global stock are at a one-month low. The last time we saw the yield on the two-year Treasury at this level was 2007. This morning's slump follows the worst day for U.S. stocks since June 13th. The major indexes all fell at least 3%, with the NASDAQ plunging almost 4%. The catalyst for the sell-off, Chairman Powell signaling interest rates will stay higher for some time. Katrina L., senior economist at Moody's Analytics, says the Fed chair's comments have broad implications. It makes sense to say that U.S. recession odds have also increased because that laser-sharp focus on trying to bring down inflation is really the priority of the Fed at this point. And so as a consequence of that, I mean, domestic demand just really has to, to come down. 
Katrina L. with Moody's Analytics says the Fed's also uncomfortable with the current tightness in the labor market. $1.2 trillion in market value was wiped out on Friday. Well, Nathan, the strong message by Jay Powell on the Fed last week has some on Capitol Hill pushing back. Senator Elizabeth Warren says she's worried the central bank will tip the U.S. economy into recession. Do you know what's worse than high prices and a strong economy? It's high prices and millions of people out of work. I'm very worried that the Fed is going to tip this economy into recession. Senator Elizabeth Warren tells CNN she does not believe higher interest rates will curb current inflationary pressures. Well, Jay Powell and the Fed will have another key economic report to evaluate this week, Karen. On Friday, we get the August jobs report. Here with a preview is Bloomberg's Vinnie Del Judice. Economists say U.S. payroll growth moderated after scoring a July gain of more than a half million. Technology firms have been trimming payrolls and freezing hiring but job openings continue at historic highs. The U.S. unemployment rate is also one of the lowest in decades. More numbers. This month's Conference Board Consumer Confidence Index could improve thanks to lower gasoline prices, while ISM data may show modest factory gains. Vinny Dow, Judice Bloomberg Daybreak. Vinny, thank you. The Wall Street sell-off is spreading overseas this Monday morning, and we begin our team coverage with Bloomberg's Danny Berger live in London. Good morning, Danny. Good morning, Karen. Yeah, it seems risk assets have finally gotten the message and from global central bankers that they can't be complacent on inflation. And that, of course, will require more restrictive policy for some time. So stocks that were perhaps expecting a Powell pivot, it means they sell off for another trading day. U.S. futures, those are weaker again. But it's also painful in Europe. We had plenty of ECB speakers over the weekend from Schnabel to Kazakhs to Wren talking about the need to act forcefully. Despite that, that's not giving a lift to the euro. Euro trades below parity and across the globe, bonds are under pressure, selling off the one spot of relief, UK markets, which are closed for the day for a UK bank holiday. Live in London, I'm Danny Berger, Bloomberg Daybreak. That's what counts for relief here. Thank you, Danny. Stocks fell in Asia overnight as well. Japan's Nikkei led declines with a drop of more than two and a half percent. We get the recap from Bloomberg's Juliet Sally in Singapore. Good morning, Juliet. Good morning, Nathan and Karen. The MSCI Asia Pacific Index slumped as much as 2.3 percent, the most since June, with tech, financials and industrials the worst performance forming sectors. Key equity gauges in Japan and Taiwan led regional losses, sliding close to 3% each. The PBOC set the onshore yuan fix stronger for a fourth session as the offshore slid through 6.9 to the dollar for the first time in two years. And South Korea's won fell the most in 11 weeks to hold at its lowest level since April 2009. In Singapore, Juliet Sali, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Juliet, thank you. While staying in Asia, economists are turning more bearish on China. According to Bloomberg's latest quarterly survey, China's economy is now projected to grow just 3.5% this year. That's down from a previous forecast of 3.9%. Economists see lingering risks as turmoil in China's property market and COVID outbreaks persist. And one other note out of Asia this morning, Karen. Despite China and the U.S. reaching a preliminary deal to resolve a standoff over audits, Goldman Sachs says markets are still pricing in a 50% chance of Chinese companies being delisted from U.S. exchanges. Goldman says the risk of delisting has come down, but more still needs to be done as execution risk remains. Well, Nathan, while there is uncertainty about the future of Chinese stocks in the U.S., meme stocks are here to stay, according to our latest survey. We get the details from Bloomberg's Jeff Bellinger. 
Wall Street says stocks like GameStop, AMC Entertainment, and Bed Bath & Beyond are here to stay. Nearly two-thirds of the more than 500 respondents in the latest NLive Pulse survey expect some version of the meme stock mania to stick around. Speculating in meme stocks has been painful this year. A basket of 37 retail trader favorites tracked by Bloomberg is down nearly 40 percent in 2022. The NLive Pulse survey found that while the meme stock phenomenon is likely to stick around, 69% said it is unlikely to see the trading volumes it did during its January 2021 high, nor are such stocks seen as a good bet for the remainder of the year. Jeff Bellinger, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Jeff, and we're watching Bitcoin follow stocks lower this morning. The digital tokens trading below 20,000 as concerns about Fed policy weigh on sentiment. Before this weekend, Bitcoin hadn't been below 20,000 since July 14th. It even crossed above 25. 5000 Earlier this month, right now, Bitcoin's trading at $19,800. Futures are moving lower as well. And straight ahead, we have your latest local headlines and a check of sports. This is Bloomberg. 507 on Wall Street. We're at 75 degrees in Central Park. The westbound Cross Bronx Expressway is closed between White Plains Road and Bronx Harbor Parkway for an accident investigation. We'll tell you more in traffic. First, Michael Barr has more on what else is going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. A fuel leak interrupted NASA's launch countdown for its new moon rocket early this morning, reappearing in the same place that saw seepage during a dress rehearsal back in the spring. Launch controllers halted the tanking operation, which already was running an hour late because of thunderstorms offshore. As for the excitement about the mission, Taylor Leonard helped build part of the moon rocket that will eventually put Americans back on the moon. I'm very pumped. So I was actually a part of the test team that tested the functionality of the rocket in the avionics. So it's super exciting. Um, it's like seeing your work right here, you know, it's pretty cool. Taylor Leonard. The plan is for Orion with three test dummies on board to loop around the moon and come back to Earth. The head of the International Atomic Energy Agency says that the U.N. nuclear watchdog's long-awaited expert mission to the power plant in Ukraine is now on its way. Russia and Ukraine have traded claims of strikes at or near the plant in recent days, intensifying fears that the fighting could cause a massive radiation leak. It was a violent weekend in New York City after more than a dozen people were shot, several fatally. That includes a shooting on the boardwalk on Coney Island that left one person dead and four others hurt. Police in Bend, Oregon confirmed three people are dead following a shooting at a grocery store. The male shooter killed two people at a Costco. Officers then entered the store and found the suspected shooter dead. Bend Police Chief Mike Krantz says the suspect was armed with an AR-15-style rifle. We have officers from every agency in Central Oregon, as well as the FBI, Ben Fire and Rescue, and other agencies on scene and assisting. We are very appreciative of this help. Ben Police Chief Mike Krantz. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer welcomed President Joe Biden's federal student loan forgiveness plan. Schumer urged loan processors to prepare for a wave of inquiries about the program. Call on all of the loan processors to be at the ready for the wave of calls that's starting to come in and let students know how they apply and what their rights are. Senator Schumer of New York says college used to be a ladder up, but student debt has become an anchor around the ankles of our students. Global News 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts from more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. Thanks, Michael. 
Welcome up to 510 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Good morning, John Stashauer. Good morning, Nathan. Well, the Yankees were slumping, going 3-14. and 14. They weren't hitting. Then they won five in a row, but those offensive woes resurfaced in Oakland. Only one hit in an 11-inning loss Saturday, and then only four singles yesterday. And the A's won 4-1. to one. The Yanks have moved down to Anaheim. They'll face the Angels tonight. The Mets managed only three hits. All of them singles against Herman Marquez and two relievers, Colorado. Scored in the seventh inning off Max Scherzer. The Rockies won one to nothing to salvage a game in the series. Atlanta lost last night in St. Louis. The Mets remain three games ahead. The annual Jets-Giants preseason game not decided until the final minute. A Chris Strebler touchdown pass with 22 seconds left to Calvin Jackson for a 31-27 back-and-forth Jets victory. Second time in three preseason games that those two hooked up for a game-winning TD in the final minute. The Jets went 3-0 and in the preseason. The Giants were 2-1. and They did not use Daniel Jones. They Started Tyrod Taylor, and then he hurt his back, not believed to be a serious injury. The golf season ended in Atlanta with a big comeback by Rory McIlroy back on Thursday. He was 10 shots behind Scotty Sheffrey. Trailed by six when the final round began. He won by one. I didn't really give myself much of a chance teeing off uh, in the fourth round. I thought, you know, silver lining was I was playing in the last group so I could l- at least keep an eye on what he was doing if, if things didn't quite work out for him. And, um... You know, thankfully, I was in that last group because, you know, I was able to put some pressure on him early on. His third tour championship victory. He wins $18 million. U.S. Open begins today. Serena Williams plays tonight. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? All right, John, thank you. The sell-off continues on Wall Street and around the world. S&P futures down 37 points. Dow futures down 258. NASDAQ futures leading the declines down 150 points. We check in next with Dennis Gartman, the former publisher of the Gartman Letter. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 1130 weather. Morning clouds will turn mostly sunny today with highs in the upper 80s. Chance for a late-day shower tomorrow, otherwise mostly sunny upper 80s again. Mostly sunny upper 80s on Wednesday. Right now, 75 in Central Park. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. I'm Karen Moscow. Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell's signal of higher for longer interest rates coursing through markets, sinking stocks and equity futures and lifting two-year Treasury yields to levels last seen in 2007. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. Right now, S&P futures are down about 37 points. Down futures down 256. And NASDAQ futures down 146. The DAX in Germany is down 1.4%. Ten-year Treasury down 19.30 seconds, yield 3.11%. The yield on the two-year, 3.46%. NYMEX crude oil is up 1% or 92 cents at $93.98 a barrel. COMEX gold down 9 tenths percent or $15.20 at 17.34.60 an ounce. The euro is at 0.9953 against the dollar. British pound 1.1666. And the yen 138. And looking at Bitcoin this morning, it is down nine-tenths percent at $19,800. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael, good morning. Good morning, Karen. The Artemis moon rocket launch is proceeding toward a morning liftoff from the Kennedy Space Center in Florida. The goal is for the Orion capsule with three test dummies on board to loop around the moon and come back to Earth. 
Top intelligence officials are working with the Justice Department to conduct a, quote, risk assessment to see if former President Trump's handling of classified documents found at his Mar-a-Lago home compromised national security. In baseball, the Yankees lost to the A's 4-1. The Mets lost along with the Red Sox, Orioles, and Giants. The Nationals won. In the final preseason NFL game, the Jets beat the Giants 31-27. In tennis, the U.S. Open begins today. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts from more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. All right, Michael. Thank you. It's 519 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. And when markets open on Wall Street this morning, we could see even more losses on the back of Chairman Powell's comments at Jackson Hole. Ahead of that, we're joined by Dennis Gartman, the former publisher of the Gartman Letter, now chairman of the University of Akron Endowment Investment Committee. Dennis, uh, risk investors have been running for the hills since Chairman Powell's remarks at the mountains of Jackson Hole, Wyoming. How much further do you think this sell-off has to go? I think it goes a lot lower. I've been running for the hills since December 31st of last year. As the chairman of the University of Akron's endowment, I, I, I actually moved hard to get the other committee members to move 12 to 15 percent of our portfolio out of equities on December 31st, and we did. Last February, we actually moved 3% of our portfolio out of stocks into gold to hedge against what I thought was going to be a ratcheting up of inflation. And clearly, Chairman Powell was extraordinarily sacrosanct, extraordinarily concise, extraordinarily straightforward with his comments on Friday concerning inflation. I think stock prices go a lot lower from here. I think uh, yields go at the two-year go a lot higher from here. I think we're in for problems uh, that's going to last for quite some period of time. And if I've learned anything in the 50 years, nearly 50 years of being involved in the markets, once the Fed begins to change its policy, and the Fed changed its policy six months ago from easing monetary policy to tightening policy, it usually lasts not weeks, not months, but several years. So I think we're going to see higher rates uh, for a long period of time. And once we get uh, beyond 4% in the overnight Fed funds rate, we may stay there for a year or two. So be careful. Be very careful. In a bear market, he or she who loses the least amount of money will be the winner. And thus far, the University of Akron has lost a lot less than other endowments. In my own account, I'm, I'm basically neutral to slightly bearish for, for the stock market. So I think we go a lot lower. I, I, all I can urge is be careful out there. Things could get a lot worse before they get any, any better. Maybe a, a long period of time before we see the Fed pivot on its monetary policies. And it's going to take the overnight Fed funds rate 75 basis points higher in, in, in September and at least 150 to 200 basis points higher before the end of the year. Interesting that you think that the uh, Fed funds rate stays around 4% for a year or longer. So you don't think that uh, this, week, this week's uh, payrolls report for August is going to have any impact on what the Fed might do from here on out? It's going to be a very strong uh, Employment number, probably 250 to 300,000 in, in non-farm payrolls. But I think the Fed is already looking past that. I think the Fed has no choice but to look past that. I think it has to, at, at the same time, begin the, the policy, which it said it was going to do, and it thus far hasn't, of reducing the size of its balance sheet. Uh, the, the assets on hand are still extraordinarily high, almost over $9 trillion compared to $900 billion a decade ago. They have to take 65. They have to take 95 billion dollars out of the out of their assets on the every month from here on for for at least two to three years, and thus far they haven't been doing quite that. So there there had been some 
uh, monetary policy changes, uh, a, a lessening of monetary policy changes that I think have to become far more severe over the course of the next several years. So, again, be very careful. You said in the past that the uh, unwind of the balance sheet is going to be more important for markets than the uh, uh, yeah, increases yeah. in interest rates. What do you think is going to happen when it comes to the balance sheet uh, at the Fed's next meeting next month? Actually, thus far, I said that all they're going to do is allow in assets to roll off, to mature off, to, to simply two-year notes become overnight Fed funds rates, in, in other words. But now I think they may actually turn to the point of actually – Beginning to sell from their from their balance sheet. We'll see if that if that happens. I hope they don't because that would even be more severe. But they've said that they're going to take 95 billion dollars out of their balance sheet on a monthly basis. We'll see if they continue to do so. They have to do so over time. They have to reduce the size of their assets, and I think that that's far more severe than actually taking the overnight Fed funds rate beyond four percent. So pay attention to what they're doing when they're in their balance sheet. And thus far, they have not been as aggressive as I think they should be. We'll see if they actually turn into selling from their balance sheet, which, as I said earlier, I hope they don't. I hope they just allow things to mature off by $95 billion a month. But $9 trillion is a lot when you're only taking $95 billion out each month. Dennis Gartman with us for the hour here on Bloomberg Daybreak, the former publisher of the Gartman Letter, of course, now chairman of the University of Akron Endowment Investment Committee. We'll get more of Dennis's thoughts throughout this hour on the path for Federal Reserve policy and where risk assets could go from here uh, with the Fed making it pretty clear at Jackson Hole last week that it is going to stay aggressive against inflation, keeping rates higher for longer, perhaps than markets had been pricing in. And as we look at futures this morning, we are seeing the selling continue with S&P futures down 38 points, Dow futures down 266, NASDAQ futures are lower by 152 points. The 10-year Treasury down 1930 seconds, the yield 3.11%, and the yield on the two-year at a 15-year high, at 3.46%. You are listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130 weather turning mostly sunny today with highs in the upper 80s. Could see a late day shower tomorrow, upper 80s. Some thunderstorms tomorrow night possible. By Wednesday, we'll be mostly sunny again with highs in the upper 80s. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130 to Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 991 to Boston. Bloomberg 1061 to San Francisco. Bloomberg 960 to the country. Sirius XM Channel 119 and around the globe. The Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. It's 5.30 on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. We are just about four hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Let's get you up to date on the news you need to know at this hour. We're still feeling the impact of a hawkish Fed this morning. U.S. futures are falling and global stocks are at a one-month low. That's after Friday's major drop, which was the worst day for U.S. stocks since June 13th. The catalyst for the sell-off, Jay Powell, signaling that interest rates will stay higher for some time. Katrina L., senior economist at Moody, says the Fed chair's comments have broad implications. The speech really brought home the fact that the Fed is taking no prisoners when it comes to wanting to fight inflation and sustainably bring it back down. As a consequence, if a recession results of that, then I mean, so be it. 
Katrina L. with Moody says the Fed is also uncomfortable with the current tight labor market. Well, meantime, Karen, one of Wall Street's biggest bears says weaker earnings, not higher rates, is the largest threat to U.S. stocks. Morgan Stanley's Michael Wilson says the path for stocks will be determined by earnings, and that's where investors' focus should be. He has repeatedly warned the recent equity rally will be temporary due to tighter monetary policy and the outlook for corporate profits. Well, Nathan, the Wall Street sell-off is also spreading overseas. European stocks are extending last week's drop, with most indices down more than 1%. And in Asia overnight, Japan's Nikkei led declines with a drop of more than 2.5%. When economists are turning more bearish about China's economy, Karen, that's due to risks in its property market and potential COVID lockdowns. According to Bloomberg's latest quarterly survey, China's economy is now projected to grow just 3.5% this year. Tyron Cam, head of China Property at Fitch Rating, says defaults could cause even more problems. What we really need is that the government to, to come in in a bigger way. They also are now showing that they want to rely on market-based mechanism. They're not trying to bail out the sector at all costs. That remains the problems that we're, we're still monitoring. And Tyron Cam with Fitch Rating says he still thinks China is fully committed to stabilizing its property sector. Well, back here in the U.S., Nathan, meme stocks are here to stay. That's according to nearly two-thirds of the more than 500 respondents in our latest MLive Pulse survey. Respondents expect some version of the meme stock mania to stick around, even if the outlook for stocks remains bleak. And we're seeing Bitcoin follow stocks lower this morning, Karen, trading below 20,000, adding to losses from last week. It's the first time Bitcoin slumped below 20K since mid-July. And futures are also slumping. S&P futures down about 38 points. Dow futures down 258. And NASDAQ futures down 149. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines, plus a check of sports. And this is Bloomberg. Thanks, Karen. 533 on Wall Street. 75 degrees in Central Park. Still got the closure. Westbound cross Bronx between White Plains Road and the Bronx River Parkway. Michael Barr's here with what else is going on in New York and around the world. Michael? Thank you very much, Nathan. NASA is dealing with a fuel leak as it prepares its new moon rocket for liftoff. On its first test flight at Florida's Kennedy Space Center, no one is inside the Orion capsule, just three test dummies. At least 100,000 people are expected to watch on the beaches as the powerful rocket lifts off, including Taylor Leonard. She helped build part of that moon rocket that will eventually put Americans back on the moon. I'm really not sure what to expect. I'm kind of anticipating it myself, um, but I, I think it's just going to be a lot of energy, a lot of people um, just really excited about the space program. Taylor Leonard was part of the team that tested the functionality of the rocket. The head of the International Atomic Energy Agency says that the U.N. nuclear watchdog's long-awaited expert mission to the power plant in Ukraine is now on its way. Russia and Ukraine have traded claims of strikes at or near the plant in recent days, intensifying fears that the fighting could cause a massive radiation leak. Ukrainian Foreign Minister Dmitry Kuleba. We should all be united in demanding uh, one thing, the withdrawal of Russia from Zaporizhian nuclear power plant. Foreign Minister Kuleba was visiting Swedish leaders in Stockholm today. The FBI is joining the investigation into a deadly shooting at a supermarket in Bend, Oregon. Bend Police Chief Mike Krantz says a gunman armed with an AR-15-style rifle killed at least two people inside the supermarket last night. Our hearts got to the victims and the families in this incident, and we know that this is a frightening thing for our community and something that we would never want to happen in our city. 
Chief Mike Krant says the suspected gunman was found dead at the scene when officers arrived. Detroit police say a man suspected of randomly shooting four people, three fatally, on the city's west side has been arrested. It happened during a two-and-a-half-hour period yesterday. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg, Nathan. Thanks, Michael. 5.35 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update with John Stashow. Thanks, Nathan. Mets and Yankees yesterday combined for only one run, only seven hits, all of them singles for the Yankees. Second game in a row where they failed to hit a 4-1 loss in Oakland, so just a split of the four-game series. Aaron Judge yesterday 0-4, three strikeouts. Tampa Bay won in Boston. The Rays are seven and a half games behind the Yanks. Mets still lead the Braves by three as Atlanta lost in St. Louis. The Mets lost to the Rockies one to nothing. Can't play Max Scherzer. He struck out 11, but beaten by Colorado's Herman Marquez. Mets are off tonight, and then the Dodgers come to town. L.A. 50 games over 500. Jets and Giants tied four different times. The Jets scored in the final minute and won 31-27 for a 3-0 preseason. Jets used three quarterbacks. Joe Flacco threw an early pick six. It was Chris Strebler who threw the game-winning TD pass to Calvin Jackson. Those two had hooked up for a game winner in the final minute two weeks ago. Giants did not use Daniel Jones, and then Tyrod Taylor hurt his back. Not believed to be a serious injury. The third stringer, Davis Webb, came in. He went 30 for 38. What a win for Rory McIlroy. He's had some disappointments in majors, but he's now won the tour championship three times in Atlanta. He had to dig out of a big hole. Incredible day, incredible week. You know, four over through two holes, uh, a 10 shots out of the lead at that point to, to claw my way back and end up winning the, winning the tournament. Um, incredible. Just a, uh, just a real, um, you're really proud of my resilience. And it's 21 under par, one by one, won $18 million. Will tonight be the last time we see Serena Williams? It's her first round match at the U.S. Open, and that's her final tournament. John Stashower, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? Uh, thank you, John. 537 on Wall Street. Time for the Tri-State Business Report. Here's Bloomberg's Ed Corey. The Aramco Team Series Women's Golf Event, which is separate from that live tour that upended the PGA Tour, will be held at Trump Links at Ferry Point in the Bronx in October. The course is managed by former President Donald Trump's family business. Under New Jersey's Fair Chance and Housing Act, housing providers are prohibited from asking about an applicant's criminal history on an application form or in an interview before making a conditional offer of housing. The Division on Civil Rights in the State Attorney General's Office has issued 30 violation notices to housing providers around the state for allegedly contravening the law. Litchfield County, Connecticut school is the second most expensive high school in the country. That's according to personal finance website GoBankingRates.com. It says one year's tuition at Kent School in Kent will set you back about $70,000. That's your Bloomberg Tri-State Business Report. I'm Ed Corey. Thanks, Ed. 538 on Wall Street. Bloomberg Radio is on the air from San Francisco to New York, London to Hong Kong. Let's check in with our global news team for some of the top stories heard on our 300 affiliate radio stations around the world. I'm Steve Potus. Can on 1010 Winds in New York, we're talking about how technology is helping more people become landlords far away from home. I'm Courtney Donahoe on KFAB in Omaha. Corn is on track to harvest its smallest crop in three years. I'm Stephen Carroll on Bloomberg DAB Digital Radio in London. We've been reporting on the continued market sell-off as investors brace for rates to remain higher for longer. 
I'm Lisa Mateo, and on WBZ in Boston, I'll be reporting on why you may not have to wait as long for that new electric vehicle. I'm Ed Corey on WOAI in San Antonio. I'm reporting tips streets employees have ended their efforts to unionize. Those are some of the stories our 2,700 Bloomberg journalists and analysts are working on this morning around the world. It's 539 on Wall Street. The following is an editorial from Bloomberg Opinion. This editorial was written by the Bloomberg Editorial Board. If the COVID-19 pandemic has shown anything, it's that public health emergencies require two things, efficiency and clear communication. When it comes to monkeypox, the U.S. response has fallen short on both counts. The Biden administration has been too slow to procure and distribute vaccines and too muddled in its outreach on the issue. Underlying all its missteps has been a lack of leadership. Rather than accept responsibility, Health and Human Services Secretary Javier Becerra has tried to deflect blame. It's fair to say that the past few years have presented public health officials with unprecedented challenges, but that's no excuse for repeating mistakes and failing to learn obvious lessons. President Joe Biden needs to demand better. This editorial was written by the Bloomberg Editorial Board. For more Bloomberg Opinion, please go to Bloomberg.com slash opinion or OPIN Go on the Bloomberg Terminal. This has been Bloomberg Opinion. Listen for Bloomberg Opinion editorials every weekday at this time. Terminal customers can read more at OPIN Go. S&P futures are now down 1%, a drop of 41 points. Dow futures down 289 points. NASDAQ futures leading the declines down 1.3%, 160-point drop. The 10-year Treasury is down 1930 seconds, yield 3.11%. Dennis Gartman returns next, the former publisher of the Gartman Letter on Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130 weather turning mostly sunny today with highs in the upper 80s. Chance for a late day shower tomorrow, otherwise mostly sunny upper 80s. Could have some uh, evening thunderstorms tomorrow turning mostly sunny again on Wednesday. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell's signal of higher for longer interest rates coursing through markets, sinking stocks and equity futures and lifting two-year Treasury yields to levels last seen in 2007. And we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. Right now, S&P futures are down 43 points, Dow futures down 300, and NASDAQ futures down 164. The DAX in Germany is down 1.6%. The 10-year Treasury down 1930 seconds, yield 3.11%. They yield on the two-year 3.46%. NYMEX crude oil is up three-quarters of a percent, up 67 cents at $93.73 a barrel. COMEX gold is down 1%, or $16.80, at 1733 an ounce. The euro is at 0.9954 against the dollar. British pound 1.1684, and the yen at 138.60. And looking at Bitcoin this morning, down nine-tenths percent at $19,800. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you very much. A federal judge will hear arguments on Thursday about possibly appointing an outsider to look at classified documents that ex-President Trump claims are covered under executive privilege. Separately, intelligence agency specialists are looking at possible national security risks 
involved in Trump's taking and handling of classified material. U.S. Navy warships transited through the Taiwan, uh, the Taiwan Strait for the first time since House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's visit to the self-ruled island, testing ties between Washington and Beijing. In baseball, the Yankees lost to the A's 4-1. The Mets lost, along with the Red Sox, Orioles, and Giants. The Nationals won. In the final preseason NFL game, the Jets beat the Giants. And Dennis, the U.S. Open begins today. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts from more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg, Nathan. Okay, Michael, thanks. It's 549 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. And Dennis Gartman is back with us now, former publisher of the Gartman Letter, now chairman of the University of Akron Endowment Investment Committee. Dennis, I want to pick up on a call you made earlier this hour that the Fed might have to keep its funds rate at 4% for a year or longer. I'm curious, what makes you think the Fed does need to keep rates at that level for that long a time? It needs to because it has not changed its balance sheet sufficiently yet, that it, and it, it's told us that it shall, and it hasn't moved enough to, to, to surprise me or to suffice. So I think the Fed has no choice but to continue to fight the inflation that it itself has created. And if I've learned anything in the almost 50 years of being in the markets, once the Fed begins to change its monetary policy, it usually in, embarks upon that new policy for several years, not months, not weeks, but years. So historically, that's the, the tendency, that's been the trend, that's been the history of the Fed over the past uh, several decades, and I see no reason to think they're going to change. Inflation is now uh, well-established here in the United States. It's well-established uh, internationally. It's a problem that I think all central banks are facing and I think it's something that has to be dealt with over a protracted period of time. So historically, once they change policy, they change for several years, not months, not weeks. And I think we have to understand that history. Now, we do have, have started to see signs of inflation easing a bit, maybe not necessarily in the core, but in uh, food and energy prices. We've started to see some of the pressure ease a bit. Is that something that could move the Fed? Well, we've seen wheat prices fall from $13 a bushel down to $8 a bushel. We've seen corn prices fall almost 20% in the course of the last several weeks. But I think food prices are going to go back higher. We've had drought. We've had some rain over the weekend, which is causing a little bit of weakness in the wheat market today. But on balance, I think wheat, corn, and soybean prices are going to, are going to head higher again, probably to new highs, because drought has been a very severe problem, and just a little bit of rain has not resolved that. And it's problematic over in the European uh, wheat-producing and grain-producing regions, the, the problems in Russia, the problems in Ukraine, the problems in, in France for their planting of their winter wheat crop, which begins in about two weeks. Drought has been severe problems in all of those areas. Those are major exporters of, of, of wheat to the world, and I think that problem is not going to go away. So I think that the we've had a beneficial decline in grain prices over the course of the past two months. I think that's about run its course, and I think grain prices go a lot higher so inflation coming from agriculture is going to be, uh, I think, far more severe than people have anticipated. But those aren't the kinds of pressures that the Fed or any other central bank can have much of an impact on, are they? No, they don't have much of an impact at all. It's all a weather circumstance. But the fact that the Fed has been as aggressive as it has been over the course of the past decade in raising its balance sheet, and as, as we all know or should have learned in, in, in school, inflation is always and everywhere a monetary phenomenon and the monetary aggregates continue to be the assets of the fed continue to be extraordinarily high and they have not begun the process substantively of reducing those assets so i'm far more fearful of the fact that the 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 fed's assets are much higher than i had had expected and i think it's far more severe than the fact that they're going to be raising the overnight fed funds rate past four percent by the end of the year 
Are you concerned that the uh, tightening of monetary policy leads to a recession? I think we're already in a recession. I think the, the, the classic definition is two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth. and We've already had that. I think we're going to be in a recession. I think the numbers will start to be substantively worse as we get through, through the course of the year. But I'm, I'm of the belief that we're already in a, a defined recession. It's not severe. I don't think it will be as nearly as severe as we went through in 2007, 8, and 9. But I think GDP growth will be lower for the next several quarters. Only about 30 seconds left here, Dennis. But what's the bigger risk for markets, rising interest rates or a ramp up in the balance sheet runoff? I think the fact that the Fed may, in fact, begin to sell from its assets rather than just allowing them to mature off is a far more severe circumstance. The fact that the Fed has allowed the balance sheet to get to $9 trillion, up from $900 billion a decade ago, is inflationary. The fact that the Fed has had been calling Inflation transitory, the Fed was creating its own inflation. That's the real problem. So it'll be a long period of time that they have to reduce the size of the balance sheet. That's the fuel that had sponsored the bull market in equities, and that fuel is being taken away. Thanks, as always, for your thoughts, Dennis. Really appreciate it. Dennis Gartman, chairman of the uh, Endowment Investment Committee at the University of Akron, and, of course, the former publisher of the Gartman Letter. Karen. All right, Nathan, thank you. It is 5.53 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Law Report. Let's get to the legal stories we're watching this morning from Bloomberg's Jeff Bellinger. A federal appeals court ruled that housing regulators stayed within the legal and constitutional limits of their authority when they banned smoking in public housing projects that receive federal funding. The Tenth Circuit ruled that long-haul truckers who leased their trucks from Pathway Leasing were independent contractors, not employees, subject to minimum wage requirements. The Equal Employment Opportunity Commission says Lone Star Ambulance of Texas will pay $90,000 to settle a sexual harassment and retaliation lawsuit. Bloomberg Law. Everything you need, all on one legal research platform, including guidance, analysis, and Bloomberg Market Intelligence. Find out more at BloombergLaw.com. All right, Jeff, thank you. Now another legal story we're watching. According to a Senate report, rich Americans are hiding vast sums from the IRS by exploiting a loophole in a law designed to crack down on offshore tax evasion. For more on this, Bloomberg's Lydia Wheeler and Greg Storr spoke with Bloomberg News reporter Neil Weinberg. Can you give us a sense of how widely this loophole is being used? There aren't clear numbers on exactly how much money is involved, but the report points out that eight jurisdictions it looked at, uh, and these are places like the Cayman Islands, St. Kitts and Nevis, Guernsey. These are well-known offshore tax havens. And of these eight, there were a total of 128,000 of these entities. So it seems to be a very potentially large-scale problem, shall we say? Neil, you write in your story about this, the the report grew out of an investigation of Robert Brockman, a a billionaire software developer. Tell us a bit about him and about his case. Sure. He was a very low-profile software mogul. He made his original fortune selling software to automobile dealerships in the U.S. and elsewhere uh, so they could run their operations. He then became the original investor in Vista Equity Partners, a private equity firm, which was launched by Robert Smith. Together, they came up with a structure uh, in which the profits, the income from the investments in Vista Equity Partners would remain offshore. And Vista was hugely successful, has you know expanded greatly, 
uh, investing in mostly enterprise software companies, which is Brockman's specialty. And Robert Brockman was indicted in 2020 on allegations, according to the Justice Department, that he hid over $2 billion in income, mostly earned at Vista Equity Partners, uh, and that, according to the Wyden report, the report that just came out, he was using this loophole we're referring to where he sets up offshore partnerships and then turns them into financial institutions uh, which don't have to be reported back to the IRS. And that's Bloomberg News reporter Neil Weinberg speaking with Bloomberg's Lydia Wheeler and Greg Storr. Catch more of that interview plus analysis of the latest legal news by subscribing to the Bloomberg Law Podcast or downloading the show at Bloomberg.com slash podcast. Attorneys can find exceptional legal research and business development tools at BloombergLaw.com and on the Bloomberg Terminal at BlawGo. And again, futures lower this morning. S&P futures down 37 points. Dow futures down 258. And NASDAQ futures down 145. The 10-year Treasury down 1930 seconds. Yield 3.11%. The yield on the 2-year 3.46%. And Nymex crude oil is up 1% or 88 cents at $93.94 a barrel. And we're watching Bitcoin, which is down 7 tenths percent at $19,840. Still ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak, we have a check on the business headlines and all the news you need to start your day. And this is Bloomberg. To address our new climate reality, the world needs radical solutions. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment, hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.